Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hammer Down here on the Market Scale Network. I'm Mike Bush, your host. And today I'm super excited about my guest. I think we all have those urges, those crazy ideas where we say, you know what, I'm going to go run a Tough mutter, or I'm going to go buy a bar or I'm going to go hang gliding. And this guy who's nice enough to join me today, he doesn't bluff about that stuff. He says, let's go hang gliding. Then an hour later, you get a text that says, OK, I found a guy who's got a cousin who's got a plane and he thinks he can get access to a kite. So we're just going to hold on really tight. Are you in? Um, Mustafa Hazizi, chairman and co-founder of Zoom App. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me. How are you? <laughs> Great, man. So let, let's actually start with, with kind of the fun story. So Mustafa and I were together at, uh, at FreightWaves F3. The skydiving thing is pretty darn well, or not skydiving. The, the hang gliding thing is pretty true, my friend. Yeah, it was. It was actually uh, pretty neat. Uh, I always try to do something new wherever I go. I'm not as like crazy as say like Jet McCandless and you know, he, I heard he, he does some crazy things like skydiving and whatnot uh, and hella skiing, but hang gliding is pretty extreme. I can add that to my bucket list. I just saw like uh, a lot of advertisements about hang gliding in Chattanooga and something within me said, hey man, just go for it. And you know what's really funny? I am um, pretty scared of heights, so I don't realize what I'm doing until I'm actually doing it, and then it's too late to change my mind, so I kind of like always in my life, I try to like uh, use micro habits or atomic habits to trick myself into things like going into the gym or starting Zoom or going hang gliding, and then like don't let my ego or my human mechanisms come into blocking my future abilities to do stuff. All right. So, so speaking of starting Zoom, because that's where we're going to get to, tell me first a little bit about the vision of the company. What is it that Zoom is building? Yeah. So um, if you look at all the B2B, um, business to business goods that move, a lot, of it, a lot of it moves over the road and a lot of it moves full truckload. So our goal is uh, to bring back the drivers into industry by automating the whole process. And if you look at all the players that live in the trucking business you've got drivers who are the most important because they're the ones on the road you have trucking company owners or fleet managers then you have uh, brokers who play in like half of the interactions and they get shippers and drivers together and then you have shippers so all if you look and aggregate all of these four stakeholders they use uh three buckets of things number one they use tools to find each other and get pricing um, number two, they use a business tool to manage and execute their business. And then number three, they use a bucket of miscellaneous things to either for tracking or accounting or whatnot. And we think that the biggest problem in the trucking industry is that most of the mom and pop shops that run the business or the whole industry are fragmented, not only from finding each other, um, but also from technology. So we try to build a solution within Zoom that kind of attacks that problem. And it sucks because you have to have a big solution. And whenever you're building a, a, a very profitable business, and most people build businesses to sell them, but we wanted to build a business to change the world. And when you do that, it's kind of like the concept of boiling the ocean and people try to push you off that avenue and say, hey, man, don't go hang gliding. That's really silly. You know, 3,000 feet, you're up there with no parachute, you might die. But we did it, and it's been eight years. So first, what we try to do is we try to build a marketplace and try to bring shippers, drivers, and trucking companies together. 
And we wanted to do that on the hinge of profitability. Um, this year, our marketplace actually went into the black as one of the very few digital brokerages in the black. Um, and then we used that as a lab to build a software um, to execute the business. So we attacked the first bucket by building a marketplace and being our own problem, like becoming the problem. Then we built a software to go share with trucking companies, shippers and brokers. And then that attacks the second bucket. And within this solution, we have pretty much everything you need in one stop. So essentially we build um, digital transportation in a box with everything you need for all stakeholders. And so now we, we're ended up with two sides of the business, a marketplace and a SaaS or software side of the business. That was long. Okay. No, that's awesome. There, there's a ton to unpack there. So if I have this right, you basically said the first thing we're going to do is start a brokerage or start a marketplace. And we're going to learn all about the headaches that both sides of the market have to deal with. So you're going to tackle everything from if I'm a trucker, how do I offer track and trace? How do I accurately price? How do I run my business effectively? But then also take that, that approach to shippers and say, look, what are your pain points? Yes, you want to know where your stuff is in real time, but you also want timely and accurate billing. So you're kind of providing feedback to both sides of the market and then incorporating that feedback, building solutions to actually address both sides. Is that fair so far? Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately our goal is to have a a driver-driven platform where the drivers, um, the small trucking company who dominates the industry is driving the whole ecosystem. Not only with this kind of transparent system where we share our secret sauce with all stakeholders, do you enable the drivers to come on top and hopefully by kind of like puddling that data and bring it to the top of the pond, you can have the benefit go to all stakeholders instead of a very few. All right. So, it's, I think it's fair to say it's probably easier to build small components of the solution, right? Like there are five or six companies out there that make it easier for truckers to, to price a load and understand what's my profitability going to be on this based on a wide range of variables, right? We're going to look at, okay, how far am I driving? Which driver might be driving? If I've got a guy who tends to drive a little bit faster, you know, we need to, to accommodate, um, you know, his, his driving pattern. So that might mean a little bit more fuel, et cetera, et cetera. You're taking the, the holistic approach and tackling every problem at once, man. What, what was the genesis for that idea? Well, when um, I started my career, I worked at um, JB Hunt um, and I was a good broker over there. And then, uh, 80% of the work was done by 20% of the employees. Always all the good stuff came from 20% of the employees. And the reason was, was because we were really good at multitasking. And the reason we needed to multitask is because we were negotiating between a transportation management system and a marketplace and customer portals all at the same time on three screens. And um, the reality was that um, my boss came to me and said, hey, how can we make the 80% of uh, employees more like the 20% of employees. I was like, well, you have to build a tool that automates 70% of the needless tasks that they do on a daily basis and get rid of the thousand clicks per load and turn it to like 15 clicks per load. Then those employees could focus on what's important, which is negotiating and making the driver happy and the shipper happy. All right. You talked a lot about making drivers happy. Where are you getting driver feedback, man? Are you are you hanging out at the port with a food truck asking for feedback? How are you 
how are you how are you driving sorry for the pun how are you driving the decisions you, you make based on what what drivers need yeah so essentially um the drivers today are a lot more tech savvy than they were 10 or 15 years ago that when i started um when i was at jb hunt in 2010 the average age of the trucking driver was like 58 now it's become a little bit lower and there's a lot of new younger entrants into it and even the if you look at like our grandmas that are between like 60 and 70, a lot more of them are using an iPhone than they were in the past. So um, I don't know if you know this about Zoom, but we started um, and got our seed funding from a fleet manager with 50 trucks. And we built the business on the top floor of, a, of that warehouse. And we um, built the beginnings of the Zoom application, which is now on its hundredth iteration with driver feedback every single day. I sat in a cab and went with the driver all the way from Los Angeles to Seattle, Washington, and showed him the application and got feedback from him. Um, our trucking company was set up with um, Convoy, Uber Freight, Next Trucking, a lot of those guys. So um, we kind of like said, hey, how can we build an application that brings everybody together and make sure that the pitfalls aren't there? Um, also, in terms of feedback, since we do have the lab and the brokerage and we're set up with over 40,000 trucking companies, uh, we get feedback from hundreds of thousands of drivers in terms of things that are broken or not. So that lab has actually been the biggest source of learning for us. If you follow why good technology companies are the best out of Silicon Valley, it's because they adhere to a principle called product market fit. What we did is uh, what product market fit is like you AB test and you keep building out. And it's not like we developed the whole iPhone day one, we built components of it. And then now it's culminated to 70% of the iPhone, maybe in five years or 10 years would complete the whole iPhone for the trucking industry. Um, you know, people laughed at Steve Jobs when he tried to put the CDR, uh, the Walkman, the cell phone, um, and the software and the um, iTunes store uh, together um, and, and replace uh, companies like um, LimeWire and whatnot together. And now, they, they, who's laughing now? <laughs> you know? Oh, come on. <laughs> you, you, mean, you mean I'm not still on Napster downloading MP3s to put on my Zoom? <laughs> exactly, man. I mean, th this guy took like 50 different objects that people paid hundreds of dollars per and then put it all in one tool and made the biggest company in the world. Dude, what's been, what's been the hardest challenge to adoption? And so one, one of the things that, that, that I tend to tell customers or, or tend to tell people is, is a challenge is that our industry is fragmented. You mentioned that and you're totally right. Like 90% of trucks on the road are part of a small fleet, six trucks or less. And, and lots of freight brokers focus on that side saying, hey, this is a fragmented industry. Shippers are highly fragmented as well, right? Like if you think about like the things Macy's is doing versus something Walmart's doing, two highly different approaches, two entirely different thoughts. Macy's is really focused on turning their stores into kind of near near shore or not near shore but but almost distribution centers right like they're doing shipping from store because they've got a, a location that's closer to you than their warehouse would be whereas walmart of course has you know the world's biggest private fleet if you if i consider every shipper to be its own entity and uh, and fragment that side of the marketplace as well how how are you getting folks to buy in to the overall grand vision yeah, so the thing that um, we have three secret sauces, and I'm willing to share that with everybody. Our system is modular, meaning you don't have to adopt all of it. You could take a piece of it and supercharge your old Hemi with our um, 
turbo. Um, you don't have to take the whole iPhone. You could take a little piece of it. The second thing is we built everything off a core stack that's RESTful API. And so uh, we set up your own instance and then that can connect to your EDI or AS400 or any API. We even connect to WhatsApp, iOS, Android. We connect to uh, SMS, web services, SOAP. So by being omni-channel, modular, and being able to connect to any type of technology that gives us that flexibility to come in and say, hey, we're not the be all and end all to everything you need. Um, let us go through a discovery and learn your pain points and just give you that small beachfront win to invigorate your organization that we can actually do this and off that small win, land and expand. And what's really, really important and differentiated about our software is most of what we built, unlike the, um, like if you go to a legacy um, SaaS company or uh, one of the larger boys, they take, uh, to do something customized, it takes about a year to develop that. With us, we can develop and enable and launch 80% um, of the technology within your ecosystem within four weeks or less because we've already have it built out so that those uh three things are really our biggest differentiator time to market lack of risk and land and expand awesome Mustafa, the, so the, the the purpose of the podcast is really to, to share out to folks who are new or soon to be college grads opportunities in supply chain with that, I tend to bring a couple of questions. What What are some of the coolest things that you've been a part of or things that the accomplishments you're most proud of given your work in the industry? Yeah, so um, it's funny you mentioned that uh, I went to school at UC Berkeley and studied philosophy and supply chain economics. And my major was called political economies of industrial societies before starting with J.B. Hunt. Um, I worked for the ambassador of Afghanistan to the United States in Washington, D.C. and edited speeches and was with John McCain and Hillary Clinton. And I thought my road was definitely going to go down diplomacy. But then I was on a job board at J.B. Hunt and I got uh, on. Actually, I was on a job board in the Berkeley Library. And I was looking for my next gig and I just somehow got an interview with J.B. Hunt. And now here we are like 15 years later. Um, and what's funny is that I never, ever envisioned working in logistics, but it doesn't really matter uh, what industry you go to. It all comes around in the end. And I'll explain to you why. Um, through this job, um, I have no less than four billionaires on our cap table. Um, I've sat in the house of the founder of Tinder. Um, I've met Jerry Rice. I met, uh, uh, like, um, Asa, the, the guy that's running for president. I met him through supply chain. And my point is like, I became the CEO and then the founder. Now, you know, we have a multi-million dollar company that I'm the CEO of. And, um, if in the middle of this, I cared about coming into trucking and dispatching 18 wheelers in the beginning and was like, Hey, this is not my destiny. Um, then I would have never been where I am here today. Um, after zoom, you know, um, I don't know when Zoom's going to end, but whatever my next adventure is, I could do everything on the heels of that. Um, there's one guy that comes into McDonald's and he studied marketing. And they're like, hey, we'll hire you as a, a burger flipper. And he snarks at it and then leaves and then becomes like a bum working at Circuit City in five years and doesn't do that. There's another guy that didn't even go to college that works at McDonald's. And he's like, hey, 
I want to be a, a burger flipper, you know, and takes that job and just does it really well and goes above and beyond. And in 15 years, he's the CEO or the chief marketing officer of McDonald's making hundreds of millions of dollars. So really, it's not about like, uh, as a college student, it, you're always like, oh, don't ever be entitled. Take what's in front of you and seems like a good industry or opportunity and then dominate within that and climb the ladder through uh, giving back, like don't demand things up front, you know, and then uh, build your value. It's a lot. Uh, I follow this guy from the 1980s. His name is Jim Rohn. Don't strike for pay, build your value and climb the value ladder and get what's coming to you, deserving to you. And that's the way to move ahead in life. So you mentioned, you know, some of the billionaires you, you've, you've worked with running into John McCain, Hillary Clinton, uh, meeting Jerry Rice, and now being a guest on Hammer Down. We want to know kind of where to rank that in the hierarchy for me, would you? I'd say top five, man. <laughs> Love it. So, Mustafa, that was tr tremendous advice you just offered um, in terms of, of getting your feet wet, finding an industry. Is there any other advice you'd offer to, let's say, a 21-year-old college junior who's thinking maybe there's something to supply chain? Yeah, I mean, uh, supply chain is the future of the world. Look around the room in front of you. Everything that moves in and out of your mouth, in your house, everything has to do with the movement of goods. The movement of goods, um, if you look at the whole global economy, it's like 70 plus trillion dollars. And the movement of good touches at least 30% of that. So you're dancing in 30% of all the money in the world, right? So now... There's a lot of jobs within the supply chain industry. You could work in finance. You could work in operations. You could work in marketing. Um, there's technology. Uh, there's software development. Everything's in there. The thing that should interest you and pull you into supply chain is that it's never going to stop. We're always going to be consuming stuff because this is a globe of consumption. It's not sustainment yet. <laughs> you know. And then if you do have hopes and ambitions to fix our world and move it towards sustainment, then this is also the place to come in and actually fix things. So it's a huge industry um, to, to come in and to dominate. Um, re, uh, tell me your question again. I just want to make sure I didn't. Oh, no, you, you hit it, man. What, what, what's the, you know, what, what's advice you would offer to somebody who's thinking about the industry? I think that was a perfect thing. Yeah, so come into it and play into it, and then you're going to have a really good time. Um, and it, it, when you go into, like, other fields like legal or sociology, I mean, like, everything has its ups and downs. Uh, if, if anything kind of, like, sparks your interest about um, being involved in things that are keeping you moving every day and being busy – then supply chain is a great space. If you're more like head in the cloud guy and want to write a book and whatnot, then maybe this isn't the best space for you. But I, I really don't think it matters what industry you go into. Um, it matters that like you just start moving and you stop worrying about what industry you're going into. Sure. Makes sense, man. Yeah. The, hey, if, 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 if a listener wants to... the, the, the end of the rainbow is not the journey. The journey is just like walking on the rainbow and the pot of gold is the rainbow. So it's more <laughs> important is just to walk. Love it, man. Hey, listen, if, if any one of our listeners wants to get in touch with you, what, what's the easiest way to find you? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Mustafa, thank you so much for being guest on Hammer Down here on the Market Scale Network. Appreciate you, brother, man. Thanks a lot, man. Anytime.